الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد My brothers and sisters This is the month of Ramadan al-Kareem And In this month It is Important To take stock of our life it is important to take an account of our life to see if we are doing well or if we need to change anything allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this month where thanks to the schedule that is stated and set by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala our whole day pattern changes our daily timetable changes and because we are freed from uh, at least the midday meal effectively our fasting is postponing meals it's not uh, depriving us of meals it's just we eat breakfast a little earlier and we eat lunch a little later that's that is fasting I mean, other than that where is the fasting but uh, thanks to that still you find you have a lot of time in ramadan there's a there are two paradoxical things one is that there is a baraka in time in the day but the month passes very fast so it's like a paradox but that is true we have a lot of time in the day time but month passes fast so alhamdulillah we have time and therefore i think it is important for us to think about it and say that my life where is it going how is it going is it going well uh, do i need to make any changes and if those changes i need to make what are the changes what does it take to make the changes allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked this question fayna tadhabun in the quran where are you going huh? so we should ask this question to ourselves allah knows this allah is asking when allah, when allah is saying fayna tadhabun allah knows but he is ask he is telling us to ask ourselves do you know where you are going because you seem to be going like you know you are busy somewhere but do you know where you are going The example I give is, for example, you know, in, in Kuwait, it's an easy, easy one to understand. You have these beautiful, uh, massive highways. You know, six lanes on this side, six lanes on this side. So, say, supposing you are driving on one side of the highway, you are going along 70 miles an hour, and suddenly you see there is a motorcade coming. You know, there are motorcycle outriders, there are uh, uh, police cars, uh, lights flashing, and so on and so forth. And as the motorcade passes you. You see, this is Ibrahim alayhi salam. Right? That's Ibrahim alayhi salam going in this. All these cars is motorcade. So, Subhanallah, Ibrahim alayhi salam is going in this direction. I am going in this direction. So, well, maybe you know they took a wrong turn or something. Allah alam. I don't know. Let me see. I continue. Then after some time, I see another motorcade coming, and I look now. I see Musa alayhi salam. Ajib. Ibrahim alayhi salam just went in this direction. Musa alayhi salam is also going in that direction. I am going in this direction, opposite direction. So what will you do? You will say the best thing for me is find the next exit, get off this thing, take a U-turn. Because if I am going in the opposite direction of the Ambiya alayhi salam, then something has to be wrong. They are not wrong. Allah subhanahu wa taala said they are guided. So if somebody took a wrong turn, it is me. It is not the Nabi. The Nabi cannot take the wrong turn because the Nabi is <laughs> guided by Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So if I find that my life is going in one way and the life of the Ambiya was going in some other way, 
then good sense me says and good sense means let me look at myself and change myself yes so let us see what the road of the ambiya what were the which was the root of the ambiya what were they doing allah subhanahu wa taala mentions one of his greatest ambiya alayhi wasalam one of the ulul azam min ar rusul ibrahim alayhi salam after whom the whole surah surah ibrahim is named and allah subhanahu wa taala mentions allah subhanahu wa taala has mentioned many incidents in the life of ibrahim alayhi salam you see before i come to this let me just put a little marker there allah subhanahu wa taala told us the stories of different anbiya alayhi salam in the quran not because allah subhanahu wa taala is telling us stories for our entertainment or relaxation the stories are for us to use as templates to use as examples to correct our own lives to guide our own life that's the purpose of the story purpose of the story is so that we correct ourselves when we guide guard ourselves and 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 guide ourselves in a way where we reach the right place so among the stories allah subhanahu wa taala told us many stories about ibrahim alayhi salam from his youth and his you know just when he uh, was a very young man then when he was older and then when he was a very old man and all of these stories different stories of stages of his life and one of those beautiful stories of ibrahim alayhi salam is a story where ibrahim alayhi salam took his wife our mother hajra alayhi salam and left her in the valley of what is today makkah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the term makkah in the quran so by the hukum of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the order of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he took his wife and he took her infant son their infant son ismail alayhi salam who was still nursing and left them in this valley which was a barren valley there was nothing there there was no habitation there were no trees there was no fields uh, there was no village there was nothing there was rocks and sand and desert and by the hukum of allah subhanahu wa taala ibrahim alayhi salam left her there and we know the story which rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam explained for us that he left her there and he turned around he did not give her an explanation he did not give her a long story about you know this is what happened and allah ordered me and i will never do this to you on my own is only because allah told me to do this you know i i love you very much i will never leave you and go away he didn't make all these statements he left her and turned around not because he did not care for his wife not because he did not love his wife not because he was abandoning her and you know okay now go die no he left her and when he turned around she also saw him turn around she also understood she is after all the wife of the nabi so she did not scream and yell and you know oh my god where are you going you are leaving me alone na she just asked him one question are you doing this by the hukum of allah that's it no crying and weeping and you know what will happen to us no nothing are you doing this by the hukum of allah and ibrahim alayhi salam nodded his head he did not make a statement i am doing this by the no he nodded after all it's understood he is the nabi he is doing something is by the hukum of allah subhanahu wa taala are you doing this by the hukum of allah he nodded his head she said and may allah subhanahu wa taala help us to understand why is allah telling us the stories of such people she said then go 
our rab will not abandon us hmm? today we like to talk about tawakkul what kind of tawakkul is this single woman alone by herself nursing child small baby being left in the middle of nowhere this is go you are doing this by the hukum of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alhamdulillah go and then we know the rest of the story how she went on the top of safa to see if anybody was there to see if what she could see and then the child cried so she came running down then she went on top of marwa allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu liked this action of this single woman so much that allah made this the rukun of hajj huh? he made this the rukun of hajj every single muslim from that day till today until the last day when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps this world will perform will establish will do hajj in this way where he will imitate the action of hajra alayhi salam every nabi did this rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam himself did it allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made his nabi imitate the action of the single one woman alayhi salam what is that action that action is an action of obedience to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it's an action of tawakkul and it is an action of sabr obedience to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you have understood tawakkul also you have understood how is it an action of sabr it's an action of sabr because the meaning of sabr is to do your best with the circumstances that you have while having faith in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu how do i say this what is my dalil for giving you this explanation of this term sabr because our understanding of sabr which forgive me is faulty our understanding of sabr is to sit and do nothing yes kya karna sab sabar kar rahe aur kya karna people say no what can we do we are doing sabr what is sabr just sitting around just sitting down is sabr no why do i say that what is my dalil allah subhanahu wa taala used the term sabirin in the quran two times maybe more to denote mujahideen in surah al-anfal and i think in surah al-alimran allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used the term sabirin in the meaning of mujahideen so we are saying here if you look at the mujahid if you are looking at the person who is fighting in the path of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is the most action oriented role that you can imagine here is somebody who is not sitting down he is this somebody who has put his life on the line who is fighting who is literally uh, you know doing everything that he can possibly do in order to please allah subhanahu wa taala in order to uh, win the battle against uh, falsehood and allah is calling him sab- sabirin allah is calling them sabirin he is calling him sabir the one who does sabr second dalil Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala said ya ayyuhal ladhina amanus amanustainu bisabri wasalat O you believe take the help have istiyanat in sabr and salat So what is sabr sabr is to do the most 
And what is salah? Salah is dua. Salah is salah, as we know, as in worship. But salah also has the meaning of dua. Make the maximum effort and then make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now you might say, well, if I make maximum effort, why do I need to make dua? The dua is for your safety. It's for my safety. What safety? Safety from committing shirk. What is the shirk? The shirk that I believe that I am making the effort. It is my effort. It is my success. So if I make a lot of effort and I succeed, I say I am a self-made man. My effort. I have succeeded because my strategy was good. My plan was good. My effort was good. To, so what am I doing? I am making myself sharik in the order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To prevent me from doing this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, make dua. Remember that it is not you. Make the effort because you have been told to make the effort. Make the effort because you were given the intelligence, you were given the resources, you were given the ability to make the effort. So make the effort. Don't sit, don't just sit there. Make the effort. But don't believe that the effort will give you the result. The result still comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The tawheed of the heart is, is this. That's why I say tawakkul is the tawheed of the heart. Tawakkul is the result of this. It is of sabr wa salah. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not say, Ya ayyuhaladzina amanus ta'inu bi salati wa sabr. He didn't say this. He didn't say first make dua, then make the effort. No, first make the effort. Second dalil, proof of this. From the seerah of Rasulullah sallallahu The seerah of Muhammad sallallahu is the tafsir of the Quran. You want to understand the meaning of something in the Quran, go look for it in the seerah, you will see the meaning. So what is the dalil in the seerah? The best dalil, there are many dalil, but the best dalil of the seerah. For, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanustainu bisabri wa salah is the battle of Badr. Is the Ghazwatul Badr. What did Rasulullah do in Ghazwatul Badr? Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made every effort that was possible for him to make. He organized the people, he divided the army into different battalions, he made people heads of those battalions, he gave them flags, he arranged the arms for this, he arranged the strategy for this, he said who will stay where, who will do what. All of the things Rasulullah arranged, and then Nabi stood in Salah. After he arranged everything, Rasulullah stood in Salah. And then he made dua, and we know the famous dua he made. He said, Ya Allah, ya Allah if these people are killed, if they are finished, then there will be nobody to worship you on the face of the earth. Right? See the sequence of what Rasulullah did. He did not start making dua. He made the effort. Where did he make the dua? He made the dua in the battleground of Badr. He did not make the dua it's sitting in Masjid Nabawi. You know and I know this is our aqidah that if the Prophet wanted to do this, he could have sent a force to fight. He could have stayed in Masjid Nabawi and he could have made dua for them. Allah would have given them victory. The dua of the Nabi is accepted. 
So if, if Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made dua sitting in Madina, saying, Ya, ya Allah, give them victory, Allah would have given them victory. But that is not the... The Nabi was sent to show us how to live our lives. <coughs> so he showed us by his own life. He put his own life in danger by going into battle. And he showed us how to do this, which is Bisabri or Salah. Make the complete effort and then stand in Salah and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when you do that, then it brings you down back to your reality to say, it's not my effort which is successful, it is the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what our mother Hajara alayhi salam did. She made all the effort that she had to make. And she made this dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved her action of effort so much that he made it a part of hajj. So that not only is it remembered because of the narrative of the story, but it will be remembered by people performing hajj. He made her action, which was an action for herself and for her son to see if there is any help anywhere. Allah converted this into an action of ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, the greatest ibadah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala which is hajj. Allah made her action. She did not climb Safa and Marwa for ibadah. She did not go to Safa and pray to Urakat of Salah. She, didn't, she was not doing ibadah. She was doing, she was making effort. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala liked this effort so much that he made this action into an action of ibadah. Ajib, the family of, of uh, Ibrahim alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took so many of their things and made them into ibadat for us. Same thing with Udhiya, with the Qurbani. It was an action of Ibrahim salam in a particular context and we know this, I don't want to tell, I don't need to tell you the story, you know the story. But Allah made it into an action of ibadah for the rest of mankind till the day of judgment. He liked his action so much, he made it into an action of ibadah. So now on this particular day when Ibrahim salam left and he went, when he reached a place where his family could not see him. He turned around and he made this dua which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala recorded for us in Surah Ibrahim. And he said, Rabbana inni askantu min dhurriyati bi wadi ghayri zi zar'in inda bayti kal muharram. He said, O oh, our Rabb, I have left some of my family in a valley in which there is no cultivation, an uncultivable valley, close to your Baytul Haram, Baytul Muharram, close to your Kaaba. At that point in time, the Kaaba, there was no structure there, but that was the place where eventually Kaaba would be built. Now think about this. First and foremost, I want you to think about this way of talking. What, did he, what is he saying? Did he say, oh Allah, I followed your order. You told me to do it, so I did it. Supposing he had said that, would it, would it be wrong? No. Ibrahim did not suddenly wake up one day and decide that, okay, I'm going to do this. No, he was ordered to do that. So if he had said, ya Allah, you told me to do it, I'm doing it, now look after them. He could have made this dua. He did not say this. And you know, this is the nature of Ibrahim alayhi salam. 
Allah said, Inna Ibrahim la awahun halim. Allah said, Verily, Ibrahim salam is very kind and very soft and very tender-hearted and very merciful. It was the adab of Ibrahim salam. In, in, in uh, another place in the Quran, in Surah Al-Shura, Ibrahim salam is talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, He is Allah who created me and who guided me. Who feeds me and who gives me to drink. And then he says a very strange thing. Then he says, وَإِذَا مَرِضْتُ فَهُوَ يَشْفِي When I become sick, he cures me. Now he's saying, he created me, he guided me, he feeds me, he gives me to drink. Where does sickness come from? From Allah. Does sickness come from somewhere else? No. Where does the cure come from? Also from Allah. So if he had said, he gives me sickness, he cures me, this would be correct. But this is not Ibrahim Alayhi Salaam. Ibrahim Alayhi Salaam does not even ascribe out of adab to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He does not even ascribe something like sickness which is a natural thing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even though he knows it comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's not saying Allah makes me sick. No. When I become sick, فَهُوَ يَشْفِينَ He is the one who cures me. Huh? See the beauty of... Uh, this is, the, this is what we have to learn from the character of the Anbiya alayhi wasalam. It is the way of relating to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How do we relate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So in this case, what is he saying? He's not saying, oh Allah, you only told me to leave them there, you know, almost like blaming Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I was sitting peacefully, happily with my family in Palestine. You are the one who told me, leave them in, in Makkah. So we had to travel all this way. We left him here. Now I'm going away. What will happen to them? You gave me this child after so many years of making dua. Now I don't know whether he will live or, or, or not. Okay, so I did it. Now do something. No. This is not the, this is not the Nabi. The Nabi does not speak like this. The Nabi does not act like this. He said, Ya Allah, I left them. Ya Allah, I left them. In this uncultivable valley. Near your house. And then see the dua he is making. Now think very carefully. Where did we begin this speech? By asking, say, saying what? Let us reflect on where are we going? What are the priorities in our lives? Which direction am I going in? So see the priorities in the life of Ibrahim salam. This He is not talking about give them Jannah. He is not saying Jannah. The word Jannah is not mentioned in this, in this dua at all. He is talking about his family, about his family's welfare and safety and development and priorities in this dunya. That is what we are concerned about also, no? For our families, we say, what will happen to my children, my family, my wife, my this and that one. In this dunya, this is our concern. Alhamdulillah, nothing wrong with this concern. But see the priority of this concern. So what is he asking? First thing he is saying, Rabbana liyuqimus salah. Oh Allah, I left them there, oh my Rabb, so that they will establish Salah. I am not leaving them for without purpose. Their purpose is to establish your worship on this piece of land. 
So therefore, O oh Allah, put in the hearts of some people respect and love and kindness for them. وَرْزُقُمْ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَشْكُرُونَ And O oh Allah, give them rizq and provide them from the fruits of their labor so that they may make shukr to you, so that they may be thankful to you. See this dua. There are three things he's asking. See the order of priority. If I was in his position, if you were in his position, what would what dua would we make? What would be our first priority? Here is my wife, here is my little child, in a place which is barren, there is nobody there. I don't know what dangers are there, I don't know what animals, wild animals are there, I don't know what things are there. My first thing will be, oh Allah, keep them safe. Yes or no? Oh Allah, keep them safe. Please protect them from any harm. And if you make this dua, it is not wrong also, no? I mean, obviously you are making dua for safety, so nothing wrong with that. This is what the first thing we would say. Second thing, what would we say? Okay, now safety, now what? Food. I mean, he didn't get bitten by a snake, but if he dies of hunger, he's still dead. So, Allah, keep them safe, then give them food. Then some shelter. Then going forward, you know, some means of income and so on and so on. Food is not only for one day, so... And then somebody comes and says, Malisa, what about Salah? No, no, of course, please. No, no, let them pray also. No, no problem. When did I stop you? Do that also, no problem. But first look at this. First look at safety. First look at business. First look at food. First look at this. First look at that. First look at that. And in, the, in between, if you get some time for salah, please, no problem. May Allah forgive us. This is our way of thinking. And this is where we have to correct ourselves and say, what is, is the Nabi not worried about the safety of his family? What do you think? Is Barayim Al-Islam not worried, my wife, children, what will happen to them? He is worried, he is worried, just like you are worried, just like I am worried. He is a human being. But what is he asking? Oh Allah, I left them there so that they will establish your salah. Why is he saying that? He is saying that because this is the bunyadi, the fundamental maqsad, the fundamental purpose of our creation. What is it? Fundamental purpose of creation. Now tell me something. If you send somebody to do something, you are working for say, you know, GE or IBM or Microsoft or some big multinational corporation and they post you now in Kuwait and you are the country manager for General Electric in Kuwait. Who pays for your house? You pay or GE pays? GE pays. Who pays for your car? And tell me something, when you come to Kuwait, will GE tell you, you know, take one uh, one bedroom, uh, you know, Barsati kind of apartment and uh, why don't you ride a bicycle, you know, do that. Will they do that? Where will they get your house? GE will get you a massive villa somewhere, 
You might say, I'm alone. They say, I don't care. You're alone. You stay here. They will get you a massive SUV. You say, no, I don't mind. Your Tata Nano is okay. Uh, Indica. No, no, no. No Indica. No. You have to please drive. Why? It's not a matter of your prestige. It is a matter of the prestige of GE. Now, another example. Take the ambassador of any country. Who pays for his house? Who's pay for, who pays for his car? Who pays for, his, for the servants in his house? His country pays. Why? It's a matter of the prestige of the country. It is my ambassador. I cannot have an ambassador who is hungry and thirsty and he has nowhere to go and the poor man is sick and he does not know a doctor and he is, there is no car, he has no transport. No, 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 it cannot be. It's a matter of my prestige of my country. I am the nation. I cannot allow my ambassador to be in that situation. What about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Jalla jalla? The Ambiya knew Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said, oh Allah, I am sending them there to establish your worship. Safety has to be there. If they are dead, who will worship you? Food has to be there. If they don't eat, how will they worship you? I don't have to ask all this. Oh Allah, I have set them there as people to establish your worship in this land. Straighten your connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything else will follow. Fulfill the maqsad of your hayat. Fulfill the purpose of your and my creation. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fulfill everything else for us. Automatically because I am now doing the work of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So who must feed me, who must clothe me, who must shelter me, who must... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm doing his work. <coughs> That's why I always give this example, ta'ala of working for a government or working for a large corporation, because it's easy for us to understand. Most of us work for large corporations. You don't have to be... This example is easy for us to understand, right? If you are working for GE, you will not go and uh, take a salary from somebody else. You will not start a side business somewhere. No, you. this is my job. This is what I'm here for. The company will pay me. You've got no doubt in your mind, first of the month, money is transferred to the bank. How long will this be done? How long will GE do this? How long will, supposing you are the Indian ambassador, you are the US ambassador, how long will America pay for this? Until you are the ambassador. Huh? Simple, no? Supposing you resign, you re okay, I'm no longer ambassador, but pay me the salary. Assalamu <laughs> alaikum, you resign, boss. Very salary. As long as we establish Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's hukum in this life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take care of us. That is the connection which Allah made. And then what did Allah say? Ma uridu minhum min rizqin wa ma uridu an yut'imun. Inna Allah huwa razzaqudul quwwatil mateen. Why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioning risk immediately after ibadah? Allah knows us. Allah created us. Allah knows our psychology because He created our psychology. Allah knows the moment I tell them, you are here to worship me, the first thing they will say, how will I eat? So He is telling me directly. Bolte ki ne bolte That's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَإِذَا نُودِيَ لِسَلَاةِ مِنْ يَوْمِ الْجُمْعَةِ فَسْعَوْ إِلَىٰ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَزَرُوا الْبَيْءِ When the Jum'ah Azan is called, run towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not walk and go loitering and slowly, no. فَسْعَوْ سَعْوْ 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 سَعْ
towards the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, leave your business, leave your trade, because this is coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah said, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ جِنَّا وَالْإِنسَا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Then Allah said, we don't ask you for risk, we don't ask you to feed other people, we feed you إِنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ الرَّزَّاقُ ذُو الْقُوَّةِ الْمَتِينَ Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is الرَّزَّاق and He feeds you by His power and His strength, not by your effort. Ibrahim alayhi salam knows Allah. Who knows Allah better than Ibrahim alayhi salam? Khalilullah. So Ibrahim alayhi salam said, Ya Allah, I have put them there for your worship. I don't have to ask anything else. Their safety, their food, their shelter, everything is understood and assured. Has to be. Then, second one. فَجْعَلْ أَفِدَةً مِنَ النَّاسِ تَحْوِي إِلَيْهِمْ O Allah put in the hearts of people for them kindness and respect and influence. First, حقوق الله. Second one, Ibrahim is saying, let them be in a way where they can win the love of people. My brothers and sisters, please understand. The love of people, the respect of people is a reaction to who you are and what you do. It does not come in a vacuum. It does not come, <coughs> it is not to say that I can say whatever I want, I can do whatever I want and people will still love me and people will still respect me. No, that doesn't happen. People may show some respect if I have power, if I am a jabber, if I am a, if, if I am a oppressor and out of fear they may obey me but they don't love me. If you want people to love you, if you want people to respect you, if you want to have influence, you have to be good to people. You have to fulfill their rights. You have to be kind to them, compassionate to them, merciful to them, generous to them. Find me one person, Muslim or not Muslim, who is kind and who is considerate and who is generous and who goes out of their way to help people, who is not loved by the people. How many examples do we know of people who are not Muslim? but who are very kind and very generous and they go out of their way and they are hugely respected. Yes or no? This is nothing to do with Islam. This is human nature. If I am good to you, you will be good to me. If I smile at you, you will smile at me. If I am not good to you, if I am rude to you, if I insult you and then I say, no, you have to respect me. Sorry, it doesn't work like that. No way. So Ibrahim is saying, Oh Allah, put love for my family in the hearts of people meaning what let them be people who fulfill the huquq ulibad let them be people who fulfill the rights of people so that people will respect them and people will have they will have influence over people ajib the uh, i'll come back to the rest of the ayat in a minute just to give you a little bit of uh, sira also in this very soon after this the tribe of Jurhum came from Yemen and they came to this place and by then Zamzam was there, the well was there, the water was there. So now imagine this thing. Here is this tribe from Yemen. It has its own tribal leaders and so on and so forth and, and, and tribal uh, authority is very hard and very harsh. Women are not tribal leaders. So they had their women, the women would be in the, in the camps. The sardars of the tribe, the leaders of the tribe were not women. 
but they come and they talk to Hajra alayhi salam with respect and they request her and they say do we have your permission to use this water why did they why did they need to do that here is a whole tribe they would have come and used the water what she what is she going to do one woman how long does it take for in that culture and in that times and so on even today I mean, why is that time how long does it take for the tribal leader if she makes some trouble how long does it take for the tribal leader to say finish her throw her away how long does it take did they do that they did not do that this is the dua of Ibrahim Allah put in the hearts of those people respect for the single woman she is alone Allah did not at that point in time Allah did not send two angels with flaming swords to stand beside her no nothing single woman she is standing there respect comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Influence comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Izzat Allah gives. Tu'izzu man tasha wa tuzillu man tasha. So Allah says, make my family such that people will respect them. And third thing he says, وَرْزُقُمْ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ لَعَلَّهُمْ يَشْكُرُونَ And he says, O oh Allah, give them from the fruits of their labor. Minas Samarat. Fruits of their labor. Means what? Means whatever work they do, effort they make, give them baraka in that effort. Give them the best return. Give them wealth. For what? Not so that they will, you know, throw it around. Not because they will use this wealth in an ostentatious way. No. So that they are thankful to you. So full circle Starts with the ibadat of Allah Then goes to fulfilling the hukuk of the ibadat of the people As a result of which you get Good resources You get good income You get good business And then you make sugar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Which is ibadat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It's a complete circle of life I remind myself and you let us look at our lives and say what are the priorities in my life. Today we are living lives, illa mashallah, generally speaking, we are living lives which are very hard. Not physically hard, but mentally and spiritually very hard. We are living in stress, we are living with worries, we are living constantly with all kinds of you know, what will happen, what will happen. We are not living in the present, we are living either in the past or in the future. Either we are living in a state of regretting the past, I wish I had done this, or we are living in, a, in the future, what will happen to me tomorrow? If not me, what will happen to my children tomorrow? What will the political situation be? What will the economic situation be? What will this and that? Constantly we are in, living in the state of fear. Why? Because we have our priorities turned upside down. If our priorities were the priorities of Ibrahim salam, look at the amount of uncertainty that there was at the time when he left his family in this place. Everything was uncertain. If you ask someone, do an assessment of this thing and say, what are the dangers, pros and cons, strengths and weaknesses? There is zero strengths. Everything is a weakness. There's zero pros, everything is a con. 
there is danger there is no food there is no water there is nothing there is what do you have nothing zero yet ibrahim alayhi salam is not worried his wife is not worried she says go allah will not allow us to perish he is making dua he is not saying oh allah allah ya allah i set them there for the establishment of your son i remind myself when you my brothers and sisters let us take this time i will finish now because it time for let us pray, uh, make uh, you know dua for uh, for ourselves for our families for this whole ummah of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam inshallah but think about this and say that let us reorganize the priorities in our lives and establish them according to the priorities that allah subhanahu wa taala taught us in this beautiful story of ibrahim alayhi salam make the fundamental purpose of our life the obedience to allah subhanahu wa taala which is the essence of ibadah any issue in our life where it comes to the hukum of allah on one side and anything else on the other side do the hukum of allah and leave the rest today we do the opposite allah subhanahu wa taala said this is the way to conduct the wedding of your son or your daughter that way is beautiful it is the way of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam it's a way in which there is no stress on you it's a way in which there is no problem whatsoever but we say no 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 i want stress i want problems ha huh? so i will spend money i will borrow money i will do all kinds of khurafat i will do all kinds of show off and nonsense i will try to displease allah in every single way possible and then i still want baraka in this marriage then i am very surprised when one year later two years later marriage breaks up you say oh my god how bad the time is how do marriages break up you made the arrangement for the marriage to break up you paid for the marriage to break up on day 1 you spent all this money so that allah will be displeased then how are you going to get baraka in this marriage tell me from where you have some other source other than allah for baraka no problem please go take it this is the meaning of ibadah ibadah is not only praying salah salah of course absolutely that is the peak of the matter that is the fard ibadah but ibadah is to obey allah subhanahu wa taala in every aspect of my life wherever the order of allah comes and on the other side is something else that something else always is my own desire allah tells me to do something i want to do something else what must i do leave that something else do what allah told me to do establish the ibadat of allah subhanahu wa taala then remember my brothers and sisters allah subhanahu wa taala will take care of you believe me it is not difficult for for my rab jalla jalalu to take care of you this earth this entire earth and everything it contains is less than one grain of sand on a beach it is less than one grain of sand in a desert this is not faith this is actual data i am giving you if you look at the universe if you look at this galaxy in the visible universe which is a minuscule part of the rest of the universe we do not even know how big that is in this visible universe this galaxy not the solar system i'm talking about the entire milky way galaxy is one of hundreds of billions of galaxies ha huh? <laughs> this one galaxy out of hundreds of billions of galaxies has one star called sun 
around which there is a bunch of planets which are circling one of them which is not even the biggest of them is called the earth what is the significance of this earth and on this earth is you one human being me one human being and this rab jalla jalaluhu amma nawaluhu who created this entire universe all that we know and all that we don't know he cannot take care of you and me what kind of worship do we do who are we worshiping who do we think we are worshiping so establish the worship of allah subhanahu wa taala allah will take care of the rest number 1 number 2 fulfill the huququl ibad fulfill the rights of people may allah forgive us we are today on the opposite section we do not fulfill the rights of people we do not give rights to our own people how many people how many muslims do you know who eat up the right of their sisters when it comes to inheritance karte ki nahi karte the boys the sons will eat up the the right of their sisters when it comes to inheritance they do not give the inheritance right to them how many muslims are there who do not give the rights to their wives allah did not make your wife your servant he did not make your wife your slave she is equal to you in the marriage but you do not treat her as an equal you treat her like a slave how many muslims are here today who do not give rights to their employees who do not even address their employees respectfully when we speak in our languages in 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 english there is no uh, you know high and low english is a very equal kind of language you say you is for everybody but in our languages how do we speak how do you call somebody hey vada huh idra kya kar raha tha bolte ki nahi bolte just because you are paying a salary to him, he is not a human being just because you are paying a salary you think you have the right to insult him yes he made a mistake so correct the mistake nobody says accept him no accept you correct the mistake do it properly we do not fulfill the rights of people do we give people what is their due we do not do that second one so therefore fulfill rights of allah second one fulfill the rights of people and third one is is an outcome of these two things if you fulfill the rights of allah and you fulfill the rights of people baraka in your life is an outcome of this this will happen your business will do well provided it is halal provided you are running it according to the laws of allah subhanahu wa taala provided you are giving the rights to people rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said if a customer comes give him something more when we are teaching customer service this is what we tell people the aha experience let the customer be delightfully surprised at the way you are treating him what do you think that will happen give you more customers or less customers more customers is more business more revenue or less revenue we teach these principles in business school you don't have to go to business school follow islam follow the seerah of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam you will become the best businessman in the world because you will be honest you will have integrity you will not deceive anybody you will get a reputation of being honest and and a person of integrity you will treat people with kindness you will treat people with respect you will give them more than what they want they will flock to you your business will thrive not because you got an mba from harvard but because you learned to do business the way muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam taught you to do business
बरका एस्टैब्लिश द राइट्स ऑफ अल्लाह फुलफिल द राइट्स ऑफ पीपल बरका इन लाइफ विल कम बाय इट्स दिस इज द वे टू रिओर्गेनाइज आर लाइफ आयास कला सुबहानल्ला जल जला टू बी प्लीज विथ यू एंड टू नेवर नेवर टू बी डिसप्लीज विथ यू आयास कला सुबहानल्ला टू एनेबल अस टू ऑर्गेनाइज आवर लाइफ इन अ वे विच इज प्लीजिंग टू हिम आयास कला सुबहानल्ला टू फिल योर लाइफ एंड माई लाइफ एंड द लाइफ ऑफ ऑल ऑफ अस विद बरका आयास कला सुबहानल्ला टू ग्रांट यू सेफ्टी आयास कला सुबहानल्ला जल जलाल हू टू सेव यू फ्राम ऑल ईवल दैट यू नो एंड दैट विच यू डो नॉट नो आयास कला सुबहानल्ला टू रिलीव यू फ्राम एनी डिफिकल्टी दैट यू माइट हैव I ask Allah to make those who are sick completely healthy and free from sickness those who are in debt to relieve you of your debt those who are in any kind of difficulty to relieve you from your difficulties rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin rabbana atina fid dunya hasanatan wa fil akhirati hasanatan wa qina adhaban nar wa sallallahu ala nabiyil karim wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajmain bi rahmatika ya arhamar rahimin walhamdulillahi rabbil alamin